listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin, and I will be joined again today uh, by my friend Dan Barracuda, who is another amazing singer-songwriter and uh, producer extraordinaire. Uh, he lives in Brooklyn at the moment, um, but he's uh, formerly uh, another Massachusetts guy. Uh, we like a lot of the same music, and we both get very excited talking about uh, said music. So we're coming back at you again today with a discussion about Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here and Animals albums, and we are uh, comparing the two. I happen to prefer Animals. Dan prefers Wish You Were Here. And uh, we get into why and also why we just love their music in general. And uh, I hope you do as well. I hope this uh, is a fun listen for you. I think we're going to make this uh, a series. Um, it's a lot more fun getting to talk with him than, uh, you know, being stuck talking about the stuff by myself. So if you can think of any albums you would like us to discuss, please uh, feel free to reach out, message us with, uh, with any suggestions. We've received a few already, and our next episode will actually be a, uh, a fan-suggested album. So I will also just say, if you get the chance, check out Dan's uh, wonderfully uh, psychedelic and uh, virtuosic uh, albums on Spotify, Dan Barracuda. You can also uh, always check out my releases under Niagara Moon. And if you are someone who has not heard my new album yet, Fuzzy Thinking, um, go right now to freeniagaramoonalbum.com slash sign up and uh, get that sent to you directly through a, uh, an immersive online experience. I'm sure I've talked about that before. But uh, yeah, we got lots going on. And um, in the midst of everything, just with our personal projects and with the news in general and this god darn virus uh it's just fun to get together and get excited about music so uh i hope you enjoy listening to this episode and if you do certainly please uh, feel free to write a review give us a rating on uh, itunes as well so here we go dan and i talk pink floyd so dan how's your day going uh, thanks for it's you it's going great it's uh I don't know. It's like every day is like kind of blending in with the every with each day, you know. <laughs> I asked you how your weekend was, and I don't know how if like I don't know how to answer that question myself. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all it's, kind of the weekend. There's to no me. distinctions anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's cool. Like doing the same thing every day, or like being in the same place every day. You yeah, kinda like learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> it's a different headspace for sure. Yeah. Um, I think super helpful for, I mean, just as somebody who makes music by themselves anyway, but I, I think like a super helpful environment to focus on like solo music production. And I'm sure a lot of other people have felt the same way. It's been, it's been productive for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. It's, it's really productive up until the time where it's totally not productive (laughs) for like, yeah, there's, there's definitely pockets of that. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Things just take longer. Like you can do, I, I don't know. It's like I, I, I've been reading in the morning and like I can wake up and like go read for like an hour, you know, I can go like go on long walks and like dinner can be a long time, you know, <laughs> like you can take things can just last longer than they usually yeah. would. <laughs> Speaking of which, these Pink Floyd songs sure are long, oh, huh? Yeah. How's that for That's a segue? Right. They're, su- <laughs> they're super long. Uh, so we are discussing Pink Floyd for today, and um, this is the second time we're doing this. We uh, recorded a whole episode, and then we had some technical issues, so we are back here again. 
but uh, Doing it again. you, the listener, would never know the difference. Theater of the mind, as they say. <laughs> uh, so Pink Floyd and uh, Safe to Say, one of your favorite bands, Dan? Yeah, definitely like in the top four, you know, three or four. Yeah, Pink Floyd is, is right up there. It's right up there. And David Gilmore is my favorite guitarist. Favorite all guitarist. Time. All time. Yeah, David Gilmore is my guy. <laughs> okay. So you can't really mess with that. And um, you were saying you have uh, been into Pink Floyd from like a really young age, like even younger than you were into the Beatles. Yeah. Like with the Beatles, my parents were, I remember hearing like, can't buy me love. I want to hold your hand money. That's what I want. All those kind of early stuff. And it wasn't until college that I really explored the Beatles. But for Pink Floyd, my, I remember for as long as I can remember listening to Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall and Wish You Were Here. So not much animals. You know, it's not. I'm not as familiar with animals except okay. except the song Dogs. So it's mainly those three albums are uh, more part of your DNA. Yeah. And how about you? Yeah. So for me, um, Pink Floyd kind of crept its way in. Yeah, by by adolescence, like a, a lot of the bands that I like, but like my first memory of ever hearing of Pink Floyd, getting into them at all, or not getting into them was uh, so I'd get a bunch of CDs from the library, you know, before uh, just yeah. before Spotify came along. Um, if you wanted to just get a bunch of music for free, um, the library was was the go to place. And then my dad, at the time, got uh, he checked out the the wall on cd um he's like oh you're gonna get into the wall now huh because he knew i was like just into other kinds of music and the beatles i did not take to the wall at all i could not make heads or tails of it i just completely rejected it um, wow and this was like when I, but i mean dude i was like in fourth grade or something it's a little heavy for a you fourth were grader. a skater <laughs> yeah I, I it creeped me out but then a couple years later a friend of mine got me into dark side of the moon which that that uh, paid off in dividends. That is uh, God, just, dude. I, I had It's both of our favorite Floyd albums, right? It's your favorite it's Floyd the, album. Yeah, Floyd it's my favorite Pink Floyd album. It's just such an accomplishment in so many ways. And I think even at, like, you know, when I was in middle school, there was something about it that was really uh, speaking to me. And, uh, yeah, so just with that as my entry point, um, especially by the time I was, like, a full-fledged teenager I, I went all out with the floyd like uh i had a wish you were here poster in my bedroom oh you did the cover for a few years i forgot to i forgot to mention that uh, last time we spoke but uh i love that wish you were here uh album cover Dude, and i had a dark so i had a dark iconic. side moon t-shirt yeah so iconic oh, yeah. so um, iconic that's the thing it's like i'd get into this album and then the next album then the next album in the pink floyd discography and the album cover enticed me every time i'm like ooh, i want to listen to that what's 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 the story here like this image is so cool and animals absolutely did that as well and um, sweet cover oh yeah um so yeah by the time i was a teenager i was i was all about pink floyd um I just i've always loved music that is so carefully structured and carefully crafted and it's, yeah, it's, it's lush and it, it breathes so well. And yeah, I like, you know, I'm a sound production nerd or whatever. It, it always had a yeah. lot to offer in that department. So they've, they've always, uh, you know, I'm not as much a guitar guy as you. I'm maybe not as much a blues guy as you. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Dave Gilmore being my favorite guitar. I'll, I don't go that deep, but uh, I am a fan for sure. And yeah. um, 
Now, if we're talking wish you were here versus animals, you are a uh, a wish you were here guy. Yeah. So, Dark Side of the Moon is my favorite album from Pink Floyd. My second favorite is The Wall, and then my yeah. third is Wish You Were Here, and my fourth is Animals. And for you, your second favorite is Animals. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough, but I'd I, I would make that call. Yeah. Um, wish You Were Here might be like my number five. Oh wow! So, wait. So what? You got metal in there? Well, what do I got? So, or, or uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Animals, mm, The Wall. Oh, this is going to incense people, but the final cut really uh, resonates oh, wow. with me these days. Yeah, I'm really, I'm a Waters guy. I hate to say it. I mean, I, I love Roger Waters, man. I think he's responsible for so much of the edginess in Floyd, you know? Yeah. But that that being said... Um, I feel like I, I can uh, craft a pretty good argument as to why Animals uh, strikes me a lot more than Wish You Were Here. But uh, I don't know. Why, why don't you get into um, everything you, you dig about that album? Yeah, so when you know these albums so well, you kind of don't really need to listen to them <laughs> that much. You right, know? you like, play I, them I feel in your like head. I don't need to listen to... Yeah, you just have them in your head. They're part of your DNA. But whenever you do listen to them, it's really, really incredible. And... Uh, Three days ago, as we were getting ready to do this, I had to do my research. I had to get reacquainted with it again because I hadn't heard these Revisit uh, songs. I hadn't heard these songs in like, a, you know, some time. But the influence is always there. You know, I'm so Floyd influenced and, and stuff like that. Um, so I got nice and prepared, took a nice hit, went for a nice walk, and I listened to Wish You Were Here and then Animals. And it was so incredible like take, going for a walk and listening to an album is so nice such what a great thing to do like, I, I, I don't really do that that much it's like perfect pairing uh especially in nature you know and um it was the best i had ever heard welcome to the machine um that song like you really have to be in the mood for it it's so super moody you can't just like put that song on. i don't know it's just like it's the sound it's of like, doom. It's like Armageddon. To it's me. the sound of doom, like you said. Yeah, it's like Armageddon, you know? It's also my and, favorite um, song on the album. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's not It's not my favorite song on the album, but pff, it was the best I've ever listened to it. And there was this moment where, like, when he's, like, singing Welcome to the Machine, and it just sounds like the end of the world, I came across, like, a clearing, and I could just see this whole, just the vastness of Graveyard. And in the distance, it was like the the Manhattan skyline, and like the sky was red, and it was just like, "Holy shit! Welcome Here to we the are. machine!" It was so powerful. I'll never forget it. Um, that was incredible. <laughs> that was incredible. Shining you crazy diamond, you know, opening with that was ah oh man. Just the, the guitar work is just. There's like four solos, four or five solos in that song, and there's like three solos until the singing starts. It's so progressive. It's so progressive. It really um, just slowly, inch by inch, like immerses your whole ah, it's crazy. mind. And the yeah. tones, his tone is crazy. It pulls you in deeper and deeper. That is one yeah. of the great things about it. And we talked about this last time, but Welcome to the Machine, it almost feels like they were considering calling the album Welcome to the Machine. It just kind of feels, it kind of feels like the intro to the album. It's like, just sounds like, like the intro was such an intro of Welcome to the Machine, you know? Yeah, it and I kind of, um, you know, the all the different kinds of themes going on with this album, which is like alienation and their uh, disappointment with music business and 
success and navigating oh, yeah. like this crazy new uh, level of fame and all that. It's almost like they're telling themselves, well, welcome to being a corporate entity. Here we are. You know, I, I, yeah. it's almost uh, kind of biographical. So I yeah, think you're right, and, and that and really does kind of just touch on the main nerve of, of what they're doing with this album. And then especially with the next song, it's like, welcome to the machine. Have a cigar. Like, yeah. You're going to go far. <laughs> Sit back, relax. Fly high. Yeah, it's like that. And then it's like the sentimental heart, you know, heartwarming, wish you were here. And it's sandwiched by the Sid Barrett, shining you crazy diamond stuff. And it's like there's like three different concepts going on in such a short album. I mean, it's both albums are like 40, around 43, 44 minutes. Yeah. But an interesting thing about both Animals and Wish You Were Here, they're, they're the two ones that follow Dark Side. And they're both five songs long, and they're both sandwiched by a song, you know? Like Animals has Pigs on the Wing, first and last song, and Wish You Were Here has Shiny Crazy Diamond, first and last song. And it's weird it's how I never I never picked up on that until you pointed it out. Like, that's some some music architecture going on there. Yeah, it says a lot about how they just did whatever the hell they wanted to do. Like after a huge commercial success like of Dark Side of the Moon, the next two albums they obviously didn't listen to whatever kind of you know input they had from their label or manager or whatever of making more like hit songs or something it was just like nah we're gonna make a five song album with like you know shine you crazy diamond is how long 25 minutes long broken up into two pieces oh yeah no it's it's easily half the album if not more yeah and you had something you said something really interesting about waters and kind of taking more control over the band at leading up to the wall right it's like uh Dark Side of the Moon was the last Pink Floyd album where it was, or maybe could be next to last. I don't know. I'm not the the super most informed person on this, but it's like that was such a collaborative, just democ- uh, democratic triumph. Dark Side of the Moon, like it's all the members yes. are, are filling in each other's roles in different ways, and it's 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 so collaborative, and. You you had some of that going into an album like uh, Wish You Were Here as well, and you know a lot a lot of the members have room to uh, to be creative in different ways and and really uh, like put this thing together as an entity. By the time you get to Animals, and then certainly by uh, the Wall, it's like Roger Waters. You were saying he he dominates. Yeah, David Gilmour said Roger's thing is to dominate. <laughs> yeah, so it's his controlling nature comes out more and more as you get into the late seventies and then the eighties, and then the wall is just all waters is baby. Right. So it's like uh, once you get past Dark Side of the Moon, you know, as as annoying as Roger Waters must have been to work with, like I, I who knows what the hell the dynamics were going on there. <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd is an album band; they're a concept band. They're like a build from the ground up, create a world sort of bands. And I feel like oh, yeah. that works best when you got one guy running the show and yep. calling the shots more and more. And really the guy with the vision and you he just, you get, to, you get, you get, I just, I get to appreciate that more with animals. I feel like it's, it's more its own entity because he was able to really, you know, come, come to the forefront and, and, uh, call the shots in a way that maybe he hadn't before. I just I, I appreciate his vision and his kind of like dark take on society as 
so you dark. Know, filtered through their music like that. That's like one of the aspects of, Flo- of Pink Floyd I love the most. So Animals like really has that for me. Well, this episode is cursed or cursed. something because my audio just cut out for four minutes. Uh, at least we, we caught it early yeah, on. Yeah. But uh, what the heck were we just what saying? We saying? <laughs> so yeah, Pink Floyd. They're they're a dark they're band. So dark, dark side. You got welcome to the goddamn machine. Shiny crazy diamond. Wish you were. Yeah, and then we. You're pointing out that one of the real strengths of the album, which hadn't really jumped out to me as much before, is how cool a transition it is from Welcome to the Machine to Have a Cigar and what they're saying with Have a Cigar. And you got Roy Harper on the uh, the guest yeah, vocals. Yeah, didn't, I didn't know that till like four or five years ago that Roy Harper is the singer on Have a Cigar. And they didn't... I remember reading about it when I found that out. It was... Um, they that wasn't initially planned. That wasn't planned, you know. Like th- they were doing their. Vo- you can actually look up them singing, "Have a Cigar." Roger Waters and Gilmore. I think they're doing unison or something like that. And it just doesn't sound that good. And they just didn't feel like it sounded good. And then I think Roy Harper was working in like the next studio, and, or something. And then he he was like in the area. And then they brought him in. And then he just whipped it out. And what are they doing to his vocals when he goes, um. <sighs> Ah uh, man, okay. How does half a cigar go? Um, it something happens in the vocals where he goes, "Oh," and it like sinks all the way down. Oh, they like it's wind so down the cool. tape or something. Dude, it's so cool. <laughs> Everybody else is just screaming. It's, he sounds like he'd be a Pink Floyd I know. singer. Yeah. Have you seen the chart? This is the best part. It's a hell of a start. It could be made into a monster if we all pull together as a team. Pull together so as a sick. team. <laughs> what a corporate Come thing. Come on to here, say. here, boy. Have a cigar. You're gonna go far. Like, oh man. Welcome to the machine. It's like it's like welcome to the machine, dude. It's it's like the pretty veneer, the surface of that idea. And it's, he sounds like he could be in Pink Floyd. He, he has the, kind of the cadence or just the general tone of one of the other guys, but just like extra sleazy. So it, it's yeah. a perfect fit. Yeah. And we were saying something. We, we, I'm, I'm not sure this was in the cutoff audio, but we were saying how my like I like Have a Cigar over Welcome to the Machine, and you like Welcome to the Machine over Have a Cigar. And it kind of says a lot about our style, stylistic preferences you know i like guitar oriented yeah I'm a guitar, guitar guy. guy and welcome machine is super synthy not guitar it has acoustic strumming for texture but um very different we got doomsday versus cigar bar <laughs> blues beautiful tasteful solos yeah and have a cigar one of the best bass lines in a pink floyd song like so really good. really cool cool chunky rhythm there and then it's the iconic Wish You Were Here, man. It's so iconic. Take away all the overplayedness. Kind of like Stairway to Heaven. Like, I love Stairway to Heaven. Oh, I don't. And I know it's overplayed. I also love Smoke. You don't love Stairway to Heaven, dude? <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Oh, you're not that into yeah. Zeppelin, right? Well, Zeppelin is like guitar. Zeppelin's like have a cigar. <laughs> I, it, me and Zeppelin are a little complicated. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. So. Well, like, when, when things are so... When a song is so good... But it's like overplayed. I don't know. It kind of doesn't bother me if I give the song the attention it deserves. Kind of like Sweet Home Alabama or something. Like, yeah, Wish You Were Here is one of those kind of songs where you can get in a certain zone where, you know, you hear the umpteenth like amateur acoustic guitar player doing that riff at the beginning. Yeah, like that doesn't really bother me. But like, it can kind of sour it for you a little bit. But it's just it's such a wonderful. When it comes on, 
when it, it works yes. on a lot of levels that it it, it stands the it test stands of time. Test of time when you're like when you give it the attention and you really want or are willing to connect with it even though it's so overplayed and it just like on that walk that i took like wish you were here it was so powerful and i, I love the intro i love how the end of have a cigar the solo's going and then it's like so distant and it kind of sounds like you're like watching something on tv and then like at the wish you were here starts and it kind of sounds like this person's like flipping channels and then it's like and it's so distant the 12 string it sounds like it's like on the phone or it's like a radio it yeah. sounds like it's like a radio and then and then the guitar solo coming in so dry and up front it's like so textural dude it's like it's like a movie it's an audio movie and i i think another super cool thing that that song does and how it transitions into that song is i kind of interpreted a story of like you know the 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 glitz and glamour of uh getting to the top of the charts and being super successful in the music business but you know the sleazy kind of unbecoming part of that is addressed too but then you go to the perspective of like the young amateur who's kind of like aspiring to be a rock star and they're they're like playing along to the song on the radio like all this like uh, showbiz nonsense is is happening on the radio but then you just like have an innocent person in the middle of nowhere who's like trying to connect with it from like their their lonely bedroom or something who's talking to who we got two lost souls we're just two lost souls swimming in right. a fishbowl well once you get into the the lyrics of it past that just kind of like story told by a soundscape at least in my mind yeah. i think it is yeah. uh that's good i think it's written to be interpreted in different ways but i think it's i mean you can read at face value it can be like hey lost band member whose life got all messed up and you could have you know been on this journey could with be us. Along, along the sid barrett yeah, yeah i mean that that's just the easiest way to read it but i think part of the brilliance of it is you know it depends on your state of mind when you're listening to it too it's it but it's it's it really touches on that melancholy that's going to persist kind of no matter where you are you know, if, if you buy into like, you know, f- false, uh, false ideas, and it's, it's, it's kind of abstract in a way, but it, it's, it is brilliant on how it touches on so much. There was, um, I saw on YouTube, you know how they have reaction videos, like someone who's not into a style of music, kind of listening to, to a song and reacting to yeah. it. I, right. I just kind of saw it on my homepage. It said, um, it was like hip hop person, like fan, like reacts to wish you were here. And I actually watched it, and it was cool to watch him listen to Wish You Were Here for the first time. Those videos are kind of cool. I don't really watch them. I've seen some guys watch Tool, like listen to Tool for the first time, and that was really awesome. Um, it was really odd. That was, that was really cool. So, But this guy listening to Wish You Were Here, it was awesome, dude. It was so powerful. Like, Kind of watching him react to like a song that I love, and like, and he got into it. He's like, wow, this is powerful. And then you know, hearing what he says about the guitar solo, he's like, it's like it's like stuff like this that makes me want to pick up an instrument and like learn how to mm. play guitar, and uh, and then just the lyrics. And man, I just started tearing, dude. It was like listening to "Wish You Were Here" and watching someone react to it. It was like it's almost like listening to it for the first time, kind of, you know. Mm. Um, that song is so amazing, it's so amazing. And then it's "Shining Crazy, Crazy Diamond. Diamond" again, which I think is the weakest track. I think I think the second part of "Shining Crazy" Diamond is the weakest track. Just because I just love the other one so much more. And I, I like part one of Shiny Crazy Diamond a lot more than Shiny Crazy Diamond part two. Mm. Um, 
they're actually broken up into like eight parts or something like that. You know, like the first one is like part one, right? Isn't like in parentheses like parts something one through five, convoluted like that, and yeah. then it, and then it's six to nine. <laughs> so there kind of lies why this album doesn't make it to the tippy top for me within the Pink yeah. Floyd discography because you're telling the Sid Barrett story so beautifully or you're, you're touching on that theme at least so much with the title track, Wish You Were Here. You do not need to reprise Shine On You Crazy Diamond for another 12 minutes. I, it really, I feel like it bogs down the whole thing. I mean, I, I'll still listen to it and there's still a lot about it I, c- I can appreciate, but it's like, you know, what, what makes the long songs on animals work so well for me, one of the reasons is, you know, you have these different sections and they are, um, structured with like different vocal parts and vocal melodies later on that tell another part of the story. And I can get into the specifics of that later, but it's like, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, that's like one melodic idea, basically. That's mm-hmm. like a, a verse and a chorus. And by the time I'm hearing it the second or the third time, it's 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 weighing me down. You said it's you're like, sick of the so, steel breeze. Steel Breeze, yeah, he already he has this. He has the cold steel rail imagery in which you were here. He says uh, hot air for cool breeze, and that's he says steel breeze like too much in my. It's like (laughs) it's it's weighted, it's bloated, it's too slow. It's it's like the same idea kind of hitting you over the head. Uh, And the fact they brought it back and both times it's half the album. It's such a huge part of the album, and it's. It's it's where I'm also not a blues guy as much as right. you, and it just it really yeah, relies pretty pretty. Blues it really here. relies on blues tropes, and it's that's it's uh, that's when I turn to uh, to dogs and I turn to pigs. Mm-hmm. Is uh, mm-hmm. if you're gonna really take me on a, a journey that's trying to be that immersive and that long, I I want I want something different. I want something stranger. Different sections, which yeah. Is, yeah, that, that's why Welcome to the Machine works for me a little better. But, um, yeah, right. so that, for you, this album is, you can overlook that a little more. This album is just part of your DNA. Um, what was your experience revisiting Animals? Um, some of it felt new. I, I really wasn't familiar with Pigs on the Wing at all. I don't know. It's like, it's almost like I heard it for the first time or just, yeah. When I hear, when I, go, when I went on that walk and I listened to Shiny Crazy Diamond, it was like, hello, old friend. How we doing? Yeah. It's great to see you again. And then when I hear Pigs in the Wing, I'm like, huh, I don't really know this song. It starts off with strumming acoustic, and it's just like Waters singing and his acoustic guitar. I don't think there's anything else. And uh, it was nice. It, it it was nice. It was like a minute and a half long, super short intro. Um, I was like, oh, wow. You know? Um, it just wasn't as powerful as Shiny Crazy Diamond, according to me. Right? Yeah. I mean, I To be honest, when I think of the album Animals, I keep forgetting Pigs of the Wing is pigs on the wing is even on there like i mean it's so short and to me it just serves as a little bit of a palate cleanser to help deal with like all the other super dark stuff and the just the sad ideas that are going on with that album like it's just giving a little bit of levity just to kind of wrap up the whole thing so it's it's a very kind of just incidental part of it for me but still you know pretty yeah and then the when that song ends in comes my favorite song of the of both albums. Dogs is my favorite song. Off Dogs, both albums. yeah. 
You got you got when we were talking about doing this idea, comparing the two albums, you're like, oh, I gotta go against dogs. Yeah, I know. I was like, crap, man, you got dogs. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I did. A, I did like a short cover of that of just like the intro of that song. Like last year, I just did like a like a video of me playing it and, and doing the solo. Um, and that's like where I really learned the chords and um, beautiful stuff going on in the whole intro of Dogs. I, I love how it fades in. They got the synth, you know, that synth thing that Richard Wright's doing um, along with the acoustic. You got to be crazy. And we were talking about like, the lyrics, right? And how yeah, great, the way he, great line to start that whole thing. Great line. I just love the the concept of the lyrics. Like you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Like, listen, if you want to be a dog, if you want to be a businessman, like if you want to be skeezy, this is what you got to do. You got to be a crazy. You got to have a real need. You got to sleep on your toes. And when you're on the street, right? You got to be yeah. able to pick up the easy meat. Pick out the easy meat with your eyes closed. And it's it's being skeezy in a way that you're hiding it too, in a way that like you know, but most people won't be able to pick up on. Like it's this whole duplicitous existence that and it's also like you gotta do all this to be some but it's like why would you even want to become this? But yet you're like just in this crazy cycle. And in the end you'll pack up and fly down south. Hide with like head with your head in the sand. You'll just go to another, Florida. You'll live yeah. in the villages. Yeah, just another sad old man all alone and dying of cancer. cancer. Oh my god! It's a, and just the, I mean, the is solos. that not the best character study they've ever done in a song? I know, dude. And just like the sol the solos, and we talked about this last time. Like Roger must have realized how ridiculously good Gilmore solo playing well he just let him tell that the story he's, like, he's, te- he's telling stories dude it's like there's not many like riffs going on it's like solos telling the stories dude it's crazy he just the, you know, the solo for uh for time is maybe my favorite it's my I think, I think that's my favorite yeah me too honestly I, okay. I think it's like my number one <laughs> I, I love <laughs> my god go on forever about time and I love the money solo so much. I feel like it's like overlooked. The money solo is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Man, we'll it's we'll have to a do a dark, yeah. dark side episode at some point. <laughs> dark um, side of the moon versus dark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, dogs is such a triumph. And then it's like, it's a big part of why I'm pretty okay with, with putting this album so like high up on my list because. Yeah, the it's it's does really interesting things harmonically. Like the it's it's almost kind of jazzy, and then it has the lyrics are just so on point and so biting the and so up. dimensional. And it and then you go through all these different crazy parts of it as it justifies its like twenty two minute length or whatever seventeen minutes. Seventeen minutes, uh, yeah. And it does all these interesting things with keyboards and sound effects. It's, yeah, like for someone who's more into that kind of thing, it just has everything to offer me. Dude, and I love, we talked about this last time too, when they're like the lead vocals, it's it's Gilmore pretty much the whole time. And then it's the whole trippy section with like everything kind of breaks down and it's just kind of synthy and the dogs are barking. And then it, when it goes back to the song, it's like so much time has passed. It's like at that point, like 13 minutes have passed. And then you got like Roger Waters coming in and lead vocal. He's like, got to admit, I'm a little bit confused. Yeah, that part is brilliant. Sometimes it seems to me, it's like he realized as if I'm just being used. You know, it's like, 
<laughs> and I love, I love, I just love Ruth's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes they really it sell it. They, it's so haunting. It's it's so beautiful. Hey, but you like, the next song is Pigs, and that's your favorite off the album. I like Pigs even more. What can wow. I say? Again, the lyrics are, it's it's the same thing with dogs, where it's just this biting, critical, super like in-depth look into these personalities. And so like it doesn't miss a step with that. And then I just every way that that song introduces itself like okay so you get the pig sound effect and then you get that little like baroque organ yeah like by then you already nice. know it's on that's really nice and then dude. you get the i love like, the that bass. the bass the bass sounds so good but then you get that guitar the that's like that's the funkiest thing they've ever done to me Oh my god! And then when it finally kicks in with the, the drums, the vocal the melody pig is so. Man, pig man. What does he like, say? What does he say? What does he say there? So pig man, haha, charade you are. So you know what? You're so fake. Like what? What a facade you're putting on. It's just like, all right, you're gonna set that, the tone right there. That vocal melody down. is 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 ridiculous. Uh, it's so bold. It's so bold. Pig man, haha, charade you are. It's so good. And yeah, you're nearly a good laugh or something like that. You you think you're a laugh, but you're really a cry. Yep. But you're really uh, a cry, yeah. I mean... That's awesome. Donald That's Trump awesome. right there. Not not to drag things into political territory, but... Uh, yeah, it's it, this wow. whole... So that's the thing for me. I mean, and we'll get into sheep, sheeps in a second, but it's like, you know, wish you were here... It's a very personal kind of journey. Okay, where, where the band was in their career. Okay, talking about Sid Barrett. Oh, we'll remember him as this martyr. And blah, blah, blah. like, I kind of have to be in the mood to really have that resonate with me. But then Animals is just taking apart society brick by brick. <laughs> and it's like, it's a tale as old as time. Like this idea of breaking down people into these categories and how they interweave. And it's, it's, like, I, it's like a novel. I can buy into that anytime. It's so much more universal. Yeah, that's true. It is. It is more personal. Which you were here feels more personal to them, and then animals kind of does have a more Just analytical take. Understanding, yeah, general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know the story of Sid Barrett in, in Simon You Crazy Diamond, like how he entered the studio he, and yeah. like, they couldn't recognize him, and he looked. I've heard like that. Yeah, and his fat shaved and, head like, and shaved head. They're like, who? Like, excuse all me. Up. Like, what? What are you doing here? Like, who are you? And then they realized it was Sid Barrett, dude. And that was when they were recording "Shining You Crazy Diamond," the song that was already about him. Yeah, that's how the story goes, and yeah. it's it's like uh, you know that that is a beautiful story, and and Sid Barrett is certainly. Um, you know, a person of interest in the whole psychedelic music saga. But it's like, you know, by the 10th time in your life that you hear the shine on your crazy down refrain, it's like, okay, I, I get it. It's like hearing about Woodstock or like, you know, how Bob Dylan went electric. Like after a certain time, it's like, all right, I, I get the legend. <laughs> like, you know, I want to yeah. move on a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I love like the vocal melody. Like we said it last time, it kind of sounds Beatlesy and almost Queen like, right? When he's like, "Come yeah. on, you London, you you and shine." Yeah, kind of sounds like Queen a little bit. Yeah, it definitely goes um, for an orchestral feel. Yeah. Okay, so Pigs is pretty fucking sick. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. the intro is awesome, and then when the, when the vocals come crashing in, yeah, and then, and then it gets kind of jammy later on, right? How long? That song is like kind of long, isn't it? It's yeah. I mean, very few songs on this album, so it's a, it's, 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 it's eleven and a half minutes long, dude. Pigs. And I'm down. I'm down for the whole the whole thing. You are such. You are so progressive when your first song is a minute twenty four and your next song is seventeen minutes. <laughs> And then it's 11 minutes, and then 10 minutes, and then one minute. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then Sheep. I mean, Sheep has a really cool intro. It literally sounds like Sheep. It, so- it sounds like Yeah, it sounds like I love sheep. that electric piano intro. It's like fluffy. Yeah, just hanging around, not really paying attention. And then uh, the the drums... The way they come in. I mean, every time any of these instruments the come groove, in, they the make such an entrance. But... Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the, like, reverse reverb drums, like, the way they just kind of like, crash when they arrive in. Very cool, but that song is kind of, uh, you know, it's it's not as strong as the others for me. I so don't... when you say the others, you mean, like, the other two, right? Like, dogs yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're talking about three... This album is three songs, and then, like you know, an after dinner mint at the end. It's, yeah, we're basically talking about this trilogy here and it, it is kind of the weaker one for me. It's, you know, the, the, the tempo is cool. And I spe- when the guitar comes in near the end, that riff of like that's that, so heroic yep. sounding. There's a really cool bass line too at the very end of it too. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's very cool as a song and I, it's always cool to hear them do something faster because you don't get that a lot in their, their catalog, but yeah, it doesn't paint right. it doesn't paint the picture sonically of the idea of sheep to me, the way that like this all those sleazy sounds and that groove in pigs is like that's telling me the story of of a pig, and then dogs too like just this wandering in this awful wilderness like it, it the, the the themes don't match up for me as much with that as they do in the other songs, so so for you is like mainly it's mainly dogs and pigs right oh yeah. But those are just yeah. those. There's so much in both of those. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's kind of like Strawberry Fields and Magical Mystery, right? It's like it just has so much weight. Oh yeah. Now, how about you with uh, Sheep though? By the time you got yeah, to that one. again, so I'm not like that familiar with it. Like I, for some reason, I know the intro really well, and I and I know the verses really well. Like I'm like familiar with them, but like like the second halves of of halves of these songs. When I say these songs, I mean pigs and sheep. I'm not, just yeah. not that familiar with it. So for me, it's like when I look at animals, it's like dogs by far my number one. And then pigs and sheep, are, I think, are really cool. But then Wish You Were Here, it's like four out of the five songs I adore. Mm. So that's why for me, it's like I love Shiny Crazy Animal. I love Welcome to the Machine. I love it a lot more now since I had that listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm also very familiar with it. And, of course, Have a Cigar and Wish You Were Here. Um, but with the animals, it's like, for me, it's like dogs and, and, and pigs and sheep a little bit. You know, I'm just not that familiar with it. Mm. I don't have like the lifelong yeah. attachment that like the deep familiarity with it. Yeah. Um, that does that's so to hard to like... combat. It's so hard to combat. Like when you're super familiar with something, it like trumps yeah, like kinda... everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That kind of just sets the whole tone. It's yeah. hard to get away from and, that. Yeah, pigs on the wing. I don't. It was like kind of new to me to hear. It was weird. Well, it could be interesting to do this whole thing with with albums that 
we're not familiar with at all that we have no context I, I, for. I, yeah, that I think that thing. I think we should do that. We should do that. That would be that be that'd be really good for me too because I tend to just stick with the stuff I love. I'm not very good you just at just live in the same music. world of the dude, same twelve yeah. albums. Yeah, dude. Like Beatles, Pink Floyd, <laughs> Tool, Radiohead. Yeah. Well, whoever's listening right now, if you got something uh, you want us to visit and uh, discuss, we are all ears for sure. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, to kind of cap it for me, wish you were here. Obviously, beautiful pieces of music in there, but especially, you know, the the jams that go on a little too long and don't say enough for me, or it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. Have a Cigar is a great song, but I feel like that groove and that arrangement, I feel like. I've already heard that with time. I've already heard that with with other songs they've done on Dark Side of the Moon. They're kind of covering the same ground again a little bit, and I don't get that feeling at all with Animals. I feel like that's like the next incarnation fully, like they are just doing their own thing then. Uh, have a Cigar, when you hear the solo and Have a Cigar, does it? what does it sound like to you? Like, like, a, like just like a bluesy asshole? <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's wonderful to listen to. It, it is the guitar channeling the attitude of the narrator in that song like it's it's that skeeziness and that manipulation in that veneer represented in you know a, a guitar solo it's it's like the the closest way you could translate that it's it's still like yeah. really an accomplishment his tones are just crazy like even in, even in dogs like for his tone in and have a cigar is so just buttery it's like a good word for yeah it. buttery just it's so expressive uh dogs really in- i mean on animals he has a really interesting uh, tone it's like almost thin it's thin sounding but it has yeah. a lot of substance to it and oh uh, man I can picture like an orchestra like playing that melody, yeah. like like a John Williams like cinematic. It's like so amazing, dude. And is he like improvising that? Like I would love. It's kind of like a, he's kind of mysterious. Like he doesn't. He just plays and records, and I don't know if there's like interviews. I, I think that's what like, they do is they do a ton of takes of improvising, and then just from that, like that's their way of composing the solo. You know, they'll like call together the best moments of like different parts of what he's already recorded, and then just compile it together. Maybe you know you yeah you compose by imp- by improvisation. That might be what that's it amazing. is. So you can like have it feeling loose. It just but really feels like there's a lot of thought. Yeah. 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 So Dave Gilmore is is really your guy. Yeah, dude. His, his tones, storytelling, bends, uh, the composition, composition of solos, and the fact that he has an incredible voice too. It's just like such a he's one of definitely one of my all-time favorite musicians. Um and just like the the ver- the the variance like in in his tones, like his clean tone and shiny crazy diamond, like his gainy tone, his dry tone, and his wet tone. <laughs> like he has so many different kinds of tones. Boom, 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 boom. Right. So cool, he's quite dude. a soundsmith. There's no denying that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the track listing right now. It's crazy. Both albums have five songs. 
nuts. No, they they certainly made the most of those five songs in both cases. How many songs does does how many tracks does Dark Side of the Moon have? Eight, nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't do the um, those. The thing with these two albums that we're talking about is, it's it's like these symphonic suites, you know. And they had a song like that on Adam Hardmother where it's like they want to put all these different ideas and parts in one giant song, like a giant medley. Um, yeah. And Dark Side of the Moon doesn't really have that. Like if it ha- it switches to the next idea more dramatically, mm-hmm. um, and I mm-hmm. think that's more because different members were were having their say more, and. Uh, there'd be these tonal shifts a lot more uh, abruptly or definitively. And by the time you get to Wish You Were Here or Animals, it's just, just one long... You go from a five-track track, a five track album to another five-track album to a 20-track album. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just did whatever they felt like doing at that moment. They didn't. They really didn't seem to oh, give two Roger shits. Roger Waters did, at least. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, they, yeah. and uh, I'm remembering again... You know, something I'd noticed uh, when we tried to speak about this earlier is it was kind of an opportune moment for Waters because I was reading like, um, was it Nick Mason went through a really hairy divorce um, in the mid-70s, which is distracting him. And then Dave Gilmore Gilmore had his first child and that was kind of draining his energy. So Roger Waters was right there to really kind of, while other people weren't looking as much, he... He made hay while the uh... Roger was single and not, and not and not wanting to mingle. <laughs> you wanted oh, to boy. work, man. You wanted to yeah. produce. It's like crazy. It's like a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. They did a sacrifice. They like hate each other. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he was willing to make that sacrifice, even if the music hadn't turned out. I don't. Know. I'm making personal speculations about the guy, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked out. But good talks, man. Yeah, I, this was fun. I'm glad we could uh, replicate this satisfactorily for a second. We didn't uh, get tur- We didn't get cursed albums. a third a third time in a row. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that that is uh, Pink Floyd for you. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for that shining you crazy diamond part two, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I should give Wish You Were Here a lot more a lot more credit. Um, yeah. But yeah. Again, just two fantastic albums. Completely. Completely. Uh, I'm definitely curious to hear other people's suggestions for you know stuff to cover. Yeah, bring them on. Yeah, yeah I got to get going for now. But thanks again for, for joining me, Dan. All right. Thanks so much. This was a blast as always. All right. That was Dan and I talking about the, uh, the Wizards of Pink Floyd. I'm going to sign off in a second, but just want to say if you are out in public, please wear a mask. Keep doing that. Virus has not gone anywhere. It's only growing. Nothing has changed since March. Just please keep being careful. Stay distant. Stay vigilant and uh, be respectful. And I'll be back uh, either next week or the week after with more podcast goodness for you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.